Except with all the survivor gear in there. Pray for the best, prepare for the worst. At least we agree there, yeah. All right, so welcome back to Mark as Played, and finally, the uh, traitorous American is back on home soil, bringing a global pandemic with him, uh, coming back to, <laughs> to a country he doesn't really recognize. Hiro, uh, Mark has Played 2020, we're going to try to figure out what to talk about when it comes to movies and movie podcasts. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to work, you know, but as before we get any further, let me... <laughs> I noticed you called me the German. You kept calling me traitorous the entire time I was there. Every time I would text you, hey, German, you know, it was this this running theme, considering mm-hmm. the fact that I did nothing but bash Europe while I was there, <laughs> to include getting pissed drunk and then walking around uh. like a German marketplace yelling uh, at the top of my lungs, uh, two-time World War champ right here. Um <laughs> I'm glad you're know. taking that on your shoulders. <laughs> I, I wanted to just set the record straight. <laughs> you know. I think I called you the good German occasionally. Okay. I gave you the, the Clooney uh, movie title there. But uh, now you're in D.C. where uh, so much is being done to save this country by all the, <laughs> the, the good politicians you're surrounded by. As a dedicated government worker, I'm doing my part by <laughs> sitting in my underwear, working from home, growing a beard, um, doing the... Uh, Really doing my best nasty Hellcat impersonation, really. <laughs> nasty Hellcat of uh, Sober Cinema, which That's is right. the only podcast of mine that ever gets promoted uh, by my co-host here on Marcus Played. How dare you? How dare you? I listen to every single one, and I retweet. I, I, you do remember what the retweet is, right, Mike? <laughs> mm, I think I, I only like to actually... No, well, it's not quote tweet, because I don't think I use that anymore. I really like uh, Overcast, you know, since mm-hmm. this is a... Uh, Podcasts about podcasts. I really like how easy it is to share a only podcast, but you can actually share the exact moment that you're talking about now. Oh, Have you really? used that function? No, I, I think I did it for your for True Bromance on Outbreak. I okay. wanted to get the exact part that uh, tickled my fancy, I guess. And so when people click on the link, it should, if Overcast software works, it should take them right to the part that I'm referencing on the tweet. Okay. Oh, that's, that's a better way. I, I, I think get, so. Fine. Fair enough. Um, so, so <laughs> a simple retweet come on now i don't know it uh it uh it shows that you care mike it just shows that you care. i'm an active listener act, active participant i guess one of um, the three we have left <laughs> that's that's fine um it's better than 100 that never share anything right ah it's fair enough. maybe i don't know so we're going to try to do a little bit of that here and so talking off mic uh, you know, the main discussion, and it's one that I've actually shared with my co-host on a uh, recent Sober Cinema, was what are uh, what are new movie podcasts going to be talking about now? It's like the, you know, the, the post-apocalyptic world of movie podcasting, because usually, uh, and you have been guilty of this, I've been guilty of this, you take a new release, and even if you're going to talk about old stuff, that's your, your guidepost for the conversation that week. So, you know, if a James Bond movie was out, I saw some people, uh, like, uh, the dearly departed, uh, pop culture case study, Dave, uh, you know, he's out there on Twitter, 
talking about all the James Bond movies that he's watching in anticipation of an April release for James Bond. And I think he got too short before they canceled the release and pushed it to Thanksgiving. <laughs> Nothing warms the subcockles of my heart like watching Dave waste his time and fail. Oh, I was quick. I mean, you would have thought that it was like an announcement of a uh, total lockdown of California. I raced to uh, message Dave, hey, guess what? All that time you spent on James Bond... Uh, you had a little bit more, buddy. You could wait till Thanksgiving. Yeah. But we're in the same predicament because we're, we're kind of looking for podcast material, in particular movie podcasts. And now it's not going to be as easy for you and I to, to plan. That is, if we plan to get out episodes, which has uh, been a struggle a uh, little bit. I don't know. Well, what, I'm back. I'm back. So I'm on my own East Coast time now. So I think it should be that easier. That does help. That helps. Uh, but uh, now the problem of having the new theatrical releases syncing up between <laughs> Germans and Americans means fuck all now because there yeah. are no new theatrical movies. So I think what we're going to do is uh, – and I'll just go ahead and introduce my podcast that kind of uh, gave me this idea. There's uh, – and this is one that uh, I do not follow on Twitter. It's called Movies I Missed. And I wish I could tell you how like it popped up in my feed or how I discovered it. Um, but they, they're a little bit hard to find on Twitter. They're at, at favorites true. So I, I don't know if that's a previous branding, uh, but this is actually from a post holiday episode, uh, on Sam Raimi's a simple plan. What was my impression of this film before watching it? Well, not really much of one, honestly. I, I kind of remember this movie coming out, uh, because of the cast and I remember Billy Bob Thornton kind of, you know, having that weird look. You know, Jacob has that, you know, the kind of mullety hair and the, the taped up glasses. So I kind of remember that. But I don't remember much about the movie, uh, if people thought it was good. And I had no real burning desire to see it. Otherwise, I'm sure it would have been, you know, high on the list of movies that I wanted to watch. And once I started this podcast, I had kind of forgotten about this. You know, so really, why haven't I seen this movie? It's really more of a question of why did I decide to watch A Simple Plan for this podcast. So a couple of weeks back, I clicked on one of those movies to watch during the holidays articles. And on one of those lists was this movie. Uh, and the first thing that grabbed me was the synopsis, which I had forgotten all about. Um, you know, the idea of, you know, these guys finding money, deciding to keep it. And then obviously the ensuing you know antics that follow. And then the second thing that grabbed me was that Sam Raimi directed it. Definitely didn't know that when it first came out. Uh, no reason why I would have, but I didn't. Uh, but it was really intriguing to me. I'm a big fan of Sam Raimi. And I had, um, I had no idea that he had made this movie or he'd even made a movie like this. So seeing his name attached to a tense thriller was super interesting. And then seeing that that movie, that this movie is available on Hulu, made it a perfect choice for a movie I missed episode, so I jumped right into it. Uh, quick side note on Sam Raimi, I actually ran into him once at DTW, the main international airport in Detroit. I used to have a job where I traveled a lot for work, and a few years ago, I was flying through DTW on my way to another flight, and then I popped into a restroom, as you do between flights, right? And as I walked over to the sinks to wash my hands, there stood Sam fucking Raimi. He immediately noticed that I recognized him and quickly put his head down to avoid further eye contact and to watch his fans and probably get the hell out of there. And I decided that it was a better move just to, to leave him alone rather than accost him with, you know, stupid comments like, what do you say in the moment? Like, dude, Sam Raimi, I watched Evil Dead 2 about 57 times in high school. I love that movie. You know, he seemed to want his privacy. You know, he's probably doing the same thing I was doing, just trying to catch a flight. He's in Detroit. Uh, but there you have it. Sam Raimi in a public bathroom. 
celebrities. They piss and shit just like the rest of us. And on this, uh, the host was talking about how even as a Sam Raimi fan who had seen this very film, that this is one that is so far outside of his filmography, his sort of general style, that he just forgot about it. So he stumbled across it, probably like how I stumbled across his podcast, and couldn't really remember why it didn't connect with him. So it's almost like a first-time watch, but not really. And it was a pretty cool listen because he, uh, I guess in a way, finally comes around to all the critical acclaim for uh, for that movie when it was released. But as he says in his podcast, and I don't know if you feel this way, I don't know if some movies like that get a lot of buzz and then fail to connect with general audiences, and then they they actually do die off as far as being a pop culture touchstone. And I say that as someone that really likes a simple plan, but I don't know if you could just drop a reference to a character or scene with that one. And generally, people are going to get it. Would something like Avatar fit into this, where it was so big, everybody saw it, right? But it's got a, it's got almost in reverse, where you know, revisionist history, um, it's now looked down upon by a large sect. Of, and I was never a really huge fan of Avatar. I really want to. I think I should revisit it just to see. I mean, I know it's got the uh, the uh, very, I guess, trite would be the right word to use as a plot line that's been used Dances before. Dances with Wolves. Yeah, with or the Blue Aliens. Gully. Yeah. Yep. Um, but the special effect, I don't know how that would translate to watching it in my home theater, right? Which is basically just a flat well, screen. probably a reason that it uh, didn't have the legacy that should for the, uh, was it the number one film? Is it still the number one film of all time? I think the Avengers thing just passed it. Okay. Still, for one of those that uh, grossed, uh, you know, over a billion dollars, uh, maybe it was the fact that 3D televisions never, never really took off, that people had their theme park ride experience, what was that, 2009? Yep. And then that was it. Uh, I'm sure Sam Raimi would would have loved to have the same type of pop culture failure with the simple plan for his crime movie <laughs> grossing a billion dollars, <laughs> but not so much. But I do wonder, given our uh, the state of the global pandemic, if that's something that we're going to see in other movie podcasts or if that's something you plan to do yourself to uh, – to kind of dive in since there's no new material, you're forced to just like look in the past, either stuff that you uh, dismissed and didn't watch, or maybe actually did see. And you don't really uh, have too many memories of it one way or the other. Well, considering I just left uh, the permanent global pandemic that is Europe. Um, <laughs> I go. Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> I love red meat. They don't eat it. Um, it's I'm playing catch up. Right. So I, I have the luxury of, of, Having new material to me to churn through that is good, you know. Got to get that portrait of a lady on fire, you know. I know how big of a fan you are, <laughs> man. I, I've not seen this thing, uh, but I am sick, just sick of hearing about it. Like, and I feel like this came out over a year ago. Which you know how film Twitter is—they like latch on to something, or they latch on to people that have seen something that probably fits in their wheelhouse uh, politically, uh, as far as their social movement. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I like, I actually was shocked that this didn't get like an American release. Cause I just assumed this was like long gone, but now people are acting like this is the first time that you'll ever have a chance to see it. And I, I'm wondering then why the fuck have people been talking about it for a year? If this is the first time any of us get a chance to see it. I don't know how that works. You know, like how, where do these people, I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe we're just running with the wrong crowd. We're not like the hip crowd that gets screeners. Or- I, I watched, uh, I, I actually put it to my wife, so she'll share some of the blame. Uh, but 
you know, we're looking for stuff to watch on Friday night and what's new streaming. I have all sorts of apps. I use just watch, uh, and I just have it set to all the streaming services we subscribe to. And I just hit new. I'm like, just what, what are you providing today? Netflix, Hulu, stars, whatever. And thankfully my beloved stars comes through because, you know, Hulu's got portrait of a lady on fire as their new release and stars kindergarten cop. And me I, and my saw wife. Your I saw your review. <laughs> we chose that. We had a good time. You know, that was, <laughs> I didn't, didn't feel, uh, attacked, uh, I guess by, uh, all of these angry lesbians. That's, that's, the wow. There's that, <laughs> you know, kindergarten cop is one I've never seen. I'm, I'm an Arnold fan. I like Arnold's movies and I've seen some of his drivel, uh, the, the end of days and all that crap. Oh, okay. So you you're know. not going with the, cause I thought maybe, uh, it's something like Junior, which I don't think I've seen, or maybe I saw parts of it as a kid. Mm. I, I don't know. Some people might be a little put off by Arnold, an Arnold comedy, because you've got, what, Jingle All the Way. But I think Kindergarten Cop is like <laughs> the Terminator of his comedies. That are twins, I guess. Twins. I think are probably the, probably the two held in the highest regard when he uh, dipped his toe in those waters. I mean, Twins is a great movie. Aren't they making a new one? They're making one with like Eddie Murphy in it. He's like the third twin. Probably going straight to Netflix, I assume. Oh, is all I'm of- sure. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Can we lament that anymore? Or is that because I mean, we don't have a theatrical option to like, you know, bitch about these movies going straight to streaming. So if we want new content, uh, we kind of have to side with the streamers on this. Are, are you speaking of new content? Are you doing the Amazon cinema thing? Are you renting uh, Invisible Invisible Man or any of these films, The Hunt? <laughs> no. Uh, well, I think it's uh it just depends on where you are uh I guess in this great nation um because I was talking about it with 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 Dave who lives in the uh, the bay area and also was a huge portrait uh of the lady on fire um and he he thought hey this is a pretty good idea it could save you some money <laughs> now being in Lexington Kentucky I hear the hunt you can rent it for 20 bucks me and my wife could go see it for 12 bucks together here yeah, if we oh, go to wow. a matinee. So, <laughs> so to me, that that sounds like you're just taking Fair. $8 out of my pocket to see something that I don't think will be that great necessarily. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if people – I don't think people generally will accept it because of the Netflix model. Because I hear that a lot about going to see something in the theaters. People will be like, I'll just wait till it's on Netflix. I already paid them 12 bucks a month. You know, why do I need to go see it in theater when I can wait six months? And you and I don't have that because we're on that quest for – for new fresh content yes. and want to be part of the conversation. Right. But this is going to be a weird time. What, what is, where's the conversation going to be? Where's going to be the collective movie going conversation? Well, I mean, that's why I think that this podcast will, will fit in perfectly because we're following <laughs> we'll the way. The conversation. Yeah, no, we're following <laughs> the conversation, right? So like, for instance, uh, I, so one that, you know, talking about revisiting a film, I saw prisoners a few years ago, um, the Denis Villeneuve thing, and I thought it was okay. I thought it was just, but, I heard none of the podcast talking about it and, and, and what a revelation it was and yada, yada, yada. I was like, I gotta give this another look because I was, oh, rabbit- was this a recent, like, like recent revelation for them or was this an older episode? Like when it came it, out, it was an older play. episode. It, it, okay. No, no, uh, actually they were doing like a 10 list of some sort, you know, okay. Like so there was a little bit of a time yes, gap between its yes. actual, okay. And they held this film in such high regard and they were going bonkers about it. And so that drove me to listen to it. Um, uh, to watch it again i actually watched it about two days ago and they're right you know i revisited it again and I, I was just crazy about how the movie does a lot of creating rock in a hard rock in a hard place situations right between you know the police and the families and the kids and what would you do and all these things and 
it does it has a lot of subtext in there that I missed the first time. I've obviously obviously gone down the Villeneuve rabbit hole quite a bit. Does it start and sound like the uh, portrait of a lady on fire type <laughs> conversation? The <laughs> going down the rabbit hole of a director whose last name I cannot pronounce at all. Villeneuve. Uh, Villeneuve. That's actually pretty easy. Yeah, it, it doesn't look that easy. No, it's not. Uh, it's God, man. <laughs> it's easy. Villeneuve. <laughs> What are you? You're like sipping, like you're <laughs> with your with your pinky up here. Like I'm, I'm bringing Kindergarten Cop, and you're uh, you're going into the Villeneuve filmography. <laughs> so I was listening to this podcast, <laughs> the Movie Journey podcast. Um, okay, we actually follow each other on Twitter, so there's that. Just watching that, like it just this whole movie is just giving you shivers, like because you you just equate to what you would be doing at this point. Mm. It'd be heartbreaking. Yeah, it would be. I had this conversation with Loki talking to Keller and Grace. Yeah, they talk about the polygraph. Keller is so great with Loki. He's so angry with him all the time. Like, Loki is trying to help. Yeah. And Keller, it just does not accept ever that what he, what Loki is trying to do is actually the best things he could be doing. Or it's ever enough. Because in, because he's in, the dad. In Keller's mind, he has the perpetrator already. Yeah, he's got him. Lock him up. Yeah. But, but Loki is so, he's calm. He's like, sir, you need to calm down. Yeah. I'm doing my job. Yeah, but like you said, Keller just gets angry and snaps at him, doesn't shut the fuck up. And I, I can, but I can understand his reaction to this. Like, I understand both reactions from both sides. Like, they're playing what they should be. You got the angry dad yeah. and you got the cool, calm cop. And the dad's just like yelling that, yeah, he gave them the lie detector test. He's like, did you give, did you give Alex the lie detector test? And it's like, you mean anything. You can't give someone who do, a lie detector test who doesn't understand the questions. Yeah. I must say, Hugh Jackman in this film as Keller. He's amazing. He's so good in this film. Yeah, uh, yeah. Easily his best performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad you agree. I'd, it's not even close. You know, they were talking about that this is Hugh Jackman's best performance ever, which I know will be uh, a slap in the face to the Logan fans out there, I guess. Oh, you know? wow. That's, that is not where my head was going at all. Because I was thinking like, okay, it's obviously not Wolverine. So what else has he done? There's a singing um, thing he did uh, about the circus. I don't know if it, that would be considered his greatest performance. I know that thing made money, though. I'm sure you know that the studios would love him to to sing and dance a little bit more, preferably probably as Wolverine if we could combine the two. Oh man, imagine the money that would make! Just that's a four quadrant <laughs> film right there. He had the claws out, and he's like twirling his top hat on one of the claws. <laughs> <laughs> oh god almighty has he has he played wolverine long enough that he's earned the uh cred with the uh diehard comic book fans that he can take the character wherever he wants because you, you definitely couldn't introduce a new wolverine who was into musicals there would be a rebellion amongst the uh the comic book snobs but i don't know prisoners is there another one i mean i think hugh jackman is not someone i think of as like an actor's actor in that way real steel the aren't you aren't you a huge fan of real steel <laughs> is that the like the robot? Yeah, the rotting sunken robots. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one that if we were doing a podcast on rediscovery, uh, that means we have been in self isolation for a long time because I have seen that and I have no memory of it. The Prestige, Prestige, the Fountain. Okay, so there's some there's some stuff in there. Uh, there's always yeah, I, there's always I, Mural on the Dying Girl, your favorite. Uh, wait, is he in that? He's he plays the voice of something or other. Oh, God. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to agree. Uh, I haven't gone through everything, but yeah, I think Prisoners probably is right down the middle. Uh, he's, he's, he's playing a, uh, is that the first unlikable character he's playing? I don't think he's unlikable. And, and that's the, the, I think the beauty of that movie, right? Is that 
he is doing crazy shit to try to get his little girl back. And as a parent, I obviously have a better perspective on this than you. Uh, so I'm a subject matter oh, so expert. So you're saying like, <laughs> I have no kids. So I just find them kind of annoying. Like, yes. <laughs> like you literally just called him like a hated character <laughs> where I'm looking at him and I'm like, man, what else can he do? You know, take the hammer to that guy. You know, take saw a finger off. Do something, man. I, I haven't revisited Prisoners in uh, some time. I, now, unlike you, I liked it, I think, right off the bat. Uh, I don't think it was like one of my favorites from that particular year. I wasn't saying this is the best in class, uh, but I did own it. Uh, and my brother Sawyer, who doesn't listen to any these things, but I'll just go ahead and throw out his name. Uh, borrow my guy. copy. Like, uh, very never returned it. man, by the way, uh, the very intelligent and has good taste in movies that he steals from me. Cause prison prisoners was one of them that never got returned. Was Sawyer, uh, was Sawyer in the room when you, you got, you, uh, had your JFK tantrum. Was he there? He was not. I think he was too young for it then. Actually, he wasn't too young to hear it. That would have been a good life lesson for him. <laughs> that was just Wyatt and Alex then, I guess. Six-year-old. Uh, but from what I remember, I sided far more with the cop, Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Because it's, uh, it's not one of those things where uh, the cops... Uh, you know, you know, most of these, like, I guess, revenge-like movies, or vigilante, I guess would be a better way to put it. Because uh, he doesn't know really where to put his vengeance just yet. Uh, usually the cops kind of throw their hands up pretty quickly. Like, well... We got nothing to work off here. Or we did the best we can, but you you do see like John Hall is like going above and beyond to try to to solve this. It's it's not like he's totally incompetent. Oh, he's putting That's in the work. Said, yeah, he's putting a lot of hours. Like I'm I'm watching. Goes when does this guy sleep? Because he's he's out there in the in, at the at the um, the vigils and all this stuff. I mean, he's out there putting in hard work. That's why I said Hugh Jackman maybe a little you know unlikable there. He's <laughs> he's he's a little gruff and uh, a little manic. Um, for for good reason, but uh, yeah, when you, you mentioned taking the hammer to people who you don't you don't really know for sure if they had anything to do with it. Oh, he had he did it, you know. <laughs> he's simple. He has he's simple. He drives a uh, a camper. Go ahead and let's go ahead and play a clip from uh, Tropic Thunder. On that note, that is apparently good evidence for high mistakes. <laughs> so you're saying this podcast made you re. Made you reconsider just off what they were their conversation uh, enough to get you to rewatch it? Yep, that was it. Really, I just you know kind of I was listening through. I was like, oh, all right, they they they're very passionate about it. It's like okay, I'll give it a shot. And uh, you know, I I on my treadmill doing my hamster thing, watching Prisoners. And the funny thing is, I own a copy of it. I don't maybe it was one of the ones that you gave me or something. But uh, I wonder if yeah. Sawyer gave it to you. If he's like, oh yeah, this is mine. You can have it. If it's just all these uh, illicit goods being, you know, they fell off a truck into uh, into Germany. <laughs> apparently, he's like the he's like the guys from Goodfellas selling cigarettes mm-hmm. on the side of the road. Yeah. They're actually your discs. Out it there. is. It's, it's interesting because you. Uh, I guess both of the podcasts we kind of chose, we're coming at them from a point of disagreement because the the one I'm listening to, movies I missed. Uh, you know, he's he's basically telling me, uh, the listener, like, hey, this simple plan, it's not bad, is it? It's pretty good. And I'm thinking, no shit. It's great. Of course, it's always been great. What are you talking about? But it was fun to see it from another person's eyes that uh, does not hold a film in high regard. Like, I guess in my world, it's hard to get outside of your own headspace where you're thinking, when you think something is genuinely great, it's hard for you to believe someone else cannot see its greatness in that way like you know we're not talking about films like i don't know like tropic thunder yeah <laughs> one where i could see someone saying uh that's not for me and i, I wouldn't put up an argument i'm like you know the, especially with comedies of that ilk i think it either works for you or not it's funny yes. or it's not yeah and comedies is, is like uh, we were talking today about rob reiner on 
uh, as my expert uh, brought my expert <laughs> knowledge to podcast directed by another another podcast we might want to mention here. We were talking about how comedy is very of the moment. It's very fleeting. Like you're either in it or you're not. Time matters and headspace matters, and it's one of those things that there are very few universally beloved comedies. Like, can you name a comedy that nobody can say no to? That it just absolutely Whew. must be funny. If you asked me ten years ago, I think that there would have been some. Uh, but <laughs> giving the, uh, changing, uh, political landscape, uh, and sort of course, course correction, I guess some would say, uh, like even mentioning Tropic Thunder, which at the time, that was what, 2008 was sure. seen as crossing. Okay. They're crossing some lines, but there was an expectation that if you went to an R rated comedy, uh, that they all would to some degree. And now, uh, you know, I would say something like Wedding Crashers to me would be something that's like everyone likes Wedding Crashers. My but, favorite comedy of all time. Okay, see? <laughs> so <laughs> at least in this room, it's like, well, that's a slam dunk. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I went on Twitter, I was like, tweet out, hey guys, everybody loves Wedding Crashers, right? We can all agree on that? No. I'm, I'm, there would be there would be some hate and vitriol directed uh, at the Vince Vaughn character. God, I hate Twitter. I really <laughs> hate Twitter. And, and that's, like, to be fair, I guess, to my example, I think anything on Twitter... Nothing is going to be a hundred percent agreed upon, right? But there, I I am continually surprised that uh, the, the the heated nature of some of those things, like some of the stuff, like what we're talking about, ages better or worse, or you know, if you, you sort of maybe you age into the the characters that are being portrayed, like you're saying with Hugh Jackman, you're able to get behind him more because of the parental aspect, yes. where you. <laughs> You excuse his behavior. I not, my- I not only excuse it, I support <laughs> it wholeheartedly. I'm trying to get him to, to to do more. But it is something like I've been watching some some older movies because I've been uh, because of this because we have more entertainment time on our hands at home. I've been uh, opening apps like uh, the Criterion Channel that I had not opened honestly in probably six months because you pay for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I paid for the year up front. I remember us uh. having this conversation when uh, it was uh, Filmstruck, and I remember talking you out of it because I, yes. I paid. For, <laughs> I paid for the first year, and I was like, "Dude, I've rarely used it." Uh, and admittedly, if you're just looking for films to talk about on podcasts, unless you're going to be like something really boring, like first time watchers, uh, you stay away from that. You, know, you, <laughs> you go to your fifteenth watch of wedding crashers as opposed to whatever uh 1960s french film you can find that no one is going to take the time to watch no one's going to take time to listen to your podcast speaking but, of the first time watchers i was just on there talking about one of the worst <laughs> movies i've ever seen no, not worse worse to the point where it was offensively bland it was not bad or good it, you know you watch something like mobsters or you know it's it's unintentionally funny so you know, bad you, that it's good you mentioned mobsters on your last episode and I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. And so I look up the poster, which is already a pretty good sign of what type of movie you're going to get. And I can't remember which streaming service I have, but I'm totally going to blame you. I've never seen this. I put it on my up next queue on my Apple TV. Yes. Because I'm like, I'll never think of this movie again. So now is the time. I guess unless you all cover it. Uh, but somehow I have avail- you know, I have the, uh, the option to watch it with one of my services this H- month. And it has to be HBO because that's how I watched it. Okay. It's All on right, HBO Go. Yeah. So, but first time watchers, you were not covering Mobster. What were you talking about? The score. 
with uh oh see i actually like that movie oh god almighty yeah i like that i I have seen that one probably five or six times um i i I really like how (laughs) antagonistic everyone is you know the bland character is de niro which is weird the lead character is the one that's the most uninteresting but you know marlon brando is just doing whatever the fuck he wants like i don't know if he's (laughs) If he's even reading from the script or if he's just talking shit and they're working around it. Edward Norton's doing his twitchy thing that he loves to do. The highlight like of that, that movie. movie was the highlight of the movie and the, oh, well, the the podcast is uh, one of the hosts from First Time Watchers telling me that Marlon Brando in this movie looks just like his sister-in-law. I, I'm not touching that, but <laughs> you know, my I, exact reaction. <laughs> just <ooh. laughs> Uh, I already shit on their podcast, and here they are covering films that I actually like. Yeah. I've seen multiple times. I should check that out. Yeah, uh, but if I resubscribe, it's going to be something, some foreign language crap from you know the forties. So yeah, no. So well, where I, were we? I, where were we on this podcast? <laughs> Sorry, we derailed us <laughs> with mobsters. <laughs> Which we said maybe that's something we should revisit. You know, you haven't you haven't seen it? I've seen it. I'm a proud owner of the DVD. Throw it on Wait the am I getting the uh, the runoff the the rejects from a True Bromance Film Podcast? Because I heard it like talked about in there, and you all went a different direction. So I feel like your co-host is saying no, and now I'm getting uh you know whatever's left over. No, no, no. I think that uh, I think that we, because we're sticking to our uh, coronavirus series that we're doing, uh, we will probably fit it in because I think that's the type of movie that fits into that podcast really well where. I don't care to review the the movie itself. I just want to spitball about the dumb shit that comes out of it, right? That's that's what I really want to talk about is is uh is the insane nature of who actually thought this was a good idea as you're watching through this. I mean, you'll see. You'll see soon. It's in my queue it's right now. Queue. I can't wait. Do you, can't. do you think that's where movie podcasts in general are going to go because there is a uh, sort of a basic or at least, you know, an agreed upon uh, structure to new release podcasts where you give some sort of view. You, know, you have your spoiler section in the back. Yes. But there is this, I would say there's this illusion uh, that both of you are presenting uh, and maybe is the, the feedback you get from your listeners is that you are some sort of authority on whether or not they should go see it or not. And I've never, <laughs> I've never really found that to be true as far as a, a new release that someone is waiting on, say, what the first time watchers say. Uh, to spend their their ten bucks on it, I, I feel like everyone is watching something and then wanting to to hear it dissected that week until they move on to the next, uh, you know, touchstone uh, theatrically. So I'm wondering if you're going to see some just weirder shit. I if hope you're so. Just, are you going to see more like personalities exposed as far as like what will these movie podcast hosts cover when left to their own devices at home? Is it what is their what is their weird mobsters movie they're going to throw and infect the world with? Oh God, I can't wait because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the I, you and I consume a ton of movies um, regularly. I want to see stuff that I don't know about that I should watch for X reason. But and I'll, it's not that I'm looking for the recommendation so much as also the perspective that I should bring to it because I want to know what, what I'm what I'm kind of ex- expecting to get right. So I've, if I tell you, hey, Mike, go watch Mobsters, expect intentional comedy. Expect to have a good laugh. Maybe have a beer. You know. Have the wife watch. You guys have a good laugh, pointing and laughing. Well, think how much more you would have enjoyed the score if I if I had set it up for you. See, I think you were just on the wrong podcast because I, I could have presented an excellent sober cinema on the score and may very well do so. I don't think you could have. I, I, you know what? 
That is a challenge. It is a challenge right there. <laughs> if you can make listening to a podcast about the score interesting while staying within the framework of the movie, like as Sober Cinema is a different animal. You let the wildcat loose. The, 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 you let the nasty hellcat loose and... That's entertainment on, on its own. That's why we had him on just uh, a couple of ago. I don't know ago. if I can agree to that. I'm not doing a, uh, a scene-by-scene audio scene commentary. Scene, but it's got to be huh. relatively within the scope of the movie, right? Yeah, you know, you know, Nasty Hellcat talking about his womanizing ways or his uh, newfound hair growth attempts. Uh, like uh, De Niro's character. He also loves black women. So that would come up. That would be a segment on that show. <laughs> See that? That's- <laughs> Is that? But that's, hey... <laughs> <laughs> that's in the continuity of the score i'm telling you man this uh, i take the challenge i would love to see i I'd love it and, and it's fresh in my head so i'm ready to go Actually, i'd love to watch the score again that'd yeah. be fun there are, you know with that podcast like i've told you before i listen to it 99 percent of the time i listen to it and i have it i don't care if i've watched the movie or not because you aren't even talking about the movie nine times out of ten but for like the only one I've reserved is Uncut Gems because I actually want to watch the movie. I'm interested in that movie, so it's actually on its way from my glorious disc Netflix subscription. Um, and we do, and we do spoil the hell out of it, so that yeah. is uh, that is good. Good so thinking actually, there. I Paul, I have that one downloaded, but set off to the side for whenever I get there. But um, yeah. So what what do we got next on Marcus Plate? What do you think? Because we we're kind of operating under the uh, you know we're, as you said we're going to follow along and we're going to let some other podcasts. Uh, it's going to be reversed. Normally, we we pick a movie or a topic and we try to find podcasts that are touching on that. But now we're going to function like, hey, I listened to this podcast and it made me want to check something out or continue the conversation on a particular film or subject. So I did discover podcasts. Oh, and we'll talk more about this podcast uh, the next time we record. But they were revisiting. They they were talking about the a film called Time Crimes. And the reason I got to that point, I went down the Nacho Vigalando rabbit hole. Oh, because good God. Listen, to these <laughs> the Nacho Vig- I'm, I'm not touching that one next week. No, I'm no, just no. going to. We, let's talk about Colossal, the movie that spurned the, the, that rabbit hole. I think you and dig who, it. Who's the director of this one? Nacho Vigalando. Okay. So I'm just going to say the movie starring Anne Hathaway, <laughs> Colossal. <laughs> Is uh, <laughs> using a, a Latino style name banished in uh, Red Kentucky? <laughs> I don't know if it's banished. Uh, I, d- I definitely do not have the uh, the the tongue for it. I, I cannot. Uh, you can't say nacho. Can- I can say nacho, but is that offensive? Like just to, to shorten up, to just like we're uh, we're what is it? Uh, there was a clip once I saw of uh, I think it was Jesse Eisenberg who was giving an interview or shit. She was like a young looked like she worked for like a youtube channel or blogger and she uh called morgan freeman freeman she didn't say oh. you you start with morgan freeman and he like immediately <laughs> rabbit ears like perked up like don't speak to him like you know like you you play on a softball team with him like don't just call him freeman like <laughs> <so>. <laughs> oh and she said it in his presence like directly to morgan freeman no 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 she just said it to jesse eisenberg oh, like, you start okay. with freeman and he was like immediately like defensive for i guess you mm. know you know for his elder for, for for a screen legend that she just tossing it off he there. has a good point but, i think uh, he has a good point so that's what i'm saying i mean no offense if next week's episode i'm just saying nacho that's it vigalando doesn't have any r's being rolled it's vigalando vigalando it, it rolls right off the tongue it's not Villeneuve. i don't like this because i feel like you're giving me um lessons you're you're basically telling me to educate myself in other languages like you know this is supposed to be revisiting movies and now you've got me with like that's gonna be my challenge to you so next week at the end of the episode i will find something and it is gonna be pure white bread 
<laughs> vanilla name. It's going to be like, who's, what is the most vanilla name? Uh, the guy who directed Daredevil and Ghost Rider, Mark Stephen Johnson. That is the most boring name I can is give you. Is that his name, really? Yes. Wow. I always thought it was weird that he went with the three, like the full name for Mark Stephen Johnson. Uh, is, is that what we should do here? Also, go by like our full names or... or- I feel like you only earn that right if you have, uh, you know, kind of an interesting name or if there's another other, like a famous person. Or if you're a serial uh, killer. Like Paul Thomas Anderson. There actually is another Paul Anderson director. I think the guy that did the Resident Evil movies. Paul W.S. Anderson or something like that, isn't it? Like- so those two guys are exempt from me. That doesn't come across as snooty. It's just, you know, clarifying. Okay. Mark Steven Johnson doesn't get that pass from me. <laughs> Oh god! So we're talking Col- colossal. Let's talk about week. colossal. And, and this will be a first time watch for me. I've pimped out that terrible show enough that you uh, just guessed it on uh, covering the great score. But I have not seen this, uh, and I wanted to see it, but it's one of those that slipped through the cracks. So, uh, yeah, you're coming to it from a different way. Like yes, you were- I will be revisiting it. Um, I was very favorable on the movie. I think it might have been in like my top ten of the year. It was oh, one of okay. those. It was like that. I think. Um, okay. Uh, I it. We, we we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it then. I don't want to give it too much, but that's that's what we're doing, and we're letting the internet guide us. I guess we're just going to find our podcast and what the hell they're talking about. And all right, let's. let's. Admittedly, it probably is easier than coming up with a topic and then searching through thousands of movie podcasts, hoping one of them is in some way in the ballpark of what you want to discuss. That was always a kind of stupid idea. I think the only very time rule- consuming. <laughs> yes, it was very time consuming. <laughs> I did find a trick to do it, but that's me. I think that the only rule that I'm going to have is that their audio is good. I cannot, I, you know, it's like a tick <laughs> for me. I, I don't give a crap what your content is. If you can't fix your audio, um, you're dead to me. So I, I, I like uh, your sort of elitist attitude. I'm, I'm coming at it as the, the true. You know, salt of the earth, blue collar, where I'm like, I, I want someone that has less than 500 followers on Twitter. That's my, my role. So I, I, this one has about a thousand followers, the one that I, uh, so see. Getting there in the, <laughs> of course, I, you know, a thousand followers. I think both of you and I have a thousand followers on at least, you know, one of our podcasts, not this one. So neither one of us is uh, bringing in that sweet, sweet, no. you know, well, neither one Amazon of us money. is also not put a, a lot of effort into promoting this one <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're making the content in general uh, i will i will slap the table and and offer up my new now that i'm i'm back on the uh, the glorious hallowed soil of america i will put in much bigger effort to uh to promote and create more content as long as you can uh come off with your busy busy schedule of watching fucking series directors movies or whatever it is Talk about a time-consuming show. Uh, I think we're going to have to limit a podcast directed by to uh, up-and-coming filmmakers or uh, ones that died early. So that I only have like five movies to cover. The ten movies a month. The bit much. You're being you just, a, uh, you just went through this marathon. I for, I, yeah, it, I have all the time in the world right now with my my uh, my uh, quarantine. But even then, it was all consumed by your podcast. I watched. <laughs> Rob Ryder movies <laughs> nonstop to get there. Not worth it. Uh, but the score coming soon to Sober Cinema will be worth your time. Uh, and then uh, obviously uh, Colossal here. I can't wait to hear you fucking 45 minutes try to say that man's name or try to Nacho. dodge it. <laughs> Nacho. Me and Nacho. Next week. Perfect. Swami Vive. 
Kamunnand. Suchin Tendulkar Tuvirat Kohli.